episode of Inner Warm Up, where your inner work begins. I'm Taylor Elise Morrison, the founder of Inner Workout. And today we've actually got someone else in the guest chair. This is a taking care with episode. And today our guest is Bess Matassa. I am so excited for y'all to meet her. She really embodies the intersection of multiple worlds and practices. She's got a PhD. She also knows a ton about astrology and tarot. And today, Bess is going to share what taking care looks like for her. So Bess, thank you so much for being on the show. Want to know how growth starts? With asking yourself the right questions. Our free Take Care Assessment asks you 75 questions that get to the root of what you need most right now. After completing the assessment, you'll get a PDF profile with practices based on your results. Head to the link in our show notes to take care today. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. Embodying the intersection of multiple worlds. I feel like that's a really powerful phrase that I want to work to kind of rise the rise to the call on the occasion of that uh, of that sentence. Um, so just to give you a little bit of an overview of who I am and how I came to Earth. Um, I love hot temperatures and pasta and pop music, uh, but my story from kind of academia into astrology in many ways is very much a story about the embodiment of some of those kind of principles and ideas that I think really run through astrology and tarot and mystical modalities for me. And when I was a wee little babe, I was always bobbing around in the world of astrology and tarot. There were languages that I encountered that I really sought out super early in my life. And it was really a way to make the world into a kind of treasure hunt. You know, I would see these energies of each of the sign principles or the planets really embodied in the world around me through color and scent and sound. And so I went on my little journey. Um, I ended up working on a PhD, completing a PhD in cultural geography, where I studied kind of the resonance between people's inner landscapes and the outer built environment and the poetic exchange between those two realms. And then, which I think we'll probably get into a little bit later, I went through a complete psychological breakdown around the time of my Saturn return as I was finishing up the PhD, really refound the language of astrology on a more profound kind of intense level at that time and started offering astrology and tarot readings sort of on the side as I was adjuncting. Um, a lot of my early offerings were connected to my work as a geographer. So my very first offering was something called street signs, where I actually took people to areas of New York that I thought would help uh, them kind of come into contact with the energies of their chart, sort of in a built symbolic form in the built environment. And then that spawned all sorts of sensual collisions, um, you know, astrology and tarot and perfume making and wine tasting and dance parties, and all of these ways to really invite these energies in, in very immediate and tangible and touchable tasteable ways. So I'll leave it there for now. Um, I'm also an author astrologically and in the tarot world and um, super excited to have a new book that's all about the astrology of 2022 and a kind of um, guided journey through the wheel of the year um, that's out now. Uh, and yeah, I'll leave it there for, for the moment. 
Uh, so much goodness there. Thank you for sharing part of your, your journey with us and it flows so nicely. So for those listening, every guest who comes on the taking care with series, we have them take our take care assessment, which measures your well-being across five dimensions and best scored highest in emotions, which as you might guess, falls under the mental and emotional dimension. And that sub-dimension of emotions is all about like being aware of your emotions, but also being able to express them. And in hearing your story, I just like cannot wait to hear some of your tips and insights about what it looks like for you to relate to your emotions. So best just tell us everything. Tell us everything that you you would well, like to share in a podcast format. <laughs> when you first told me that I had scored high in emotions, like I think I, I emailed you and I told you that all that was playing in my mind was like a mashup between Whitney Houston's So Emotional and Mariah Carey's Emotions. And it was interesting because I, I started to think of these two pop queens and, you know, Whitney Houston uh, is a Leo or was a Leo and Mariah Carey is an Aries. And um, I myself am an Aries son with a Leo moon. So I was thinking a lot about my journey and not that everything changed at the moment of this really kind of intense psychological journey um, that I, I traveled through around 2013, 2014, but I really did have kind of one way of relating to my emotions, I think, before that. And a lot really changed as I crossed that threshold. And I was thinking about that connected to astrology and connected to the four elements, because even if you're a total newbie in astrology, all of astrology can really be distilled. And even the tarot, because each card has an astrological resonance, it can all be distilled to one of the four elements, you know, fire, earth, air, water. And even if you think you would know nothing about these elements, you can just experience them in your physicalized environment to sort of see how their energy um, reacts to you and you react to them. And, you know, for me as sort of a person who, you know, is kind of flooded with fire in the astrological chart, up until that point of that 2013-2014 um, threshold crossing, I I don't know that I even processed emotion really. It just became, it was like spat out of me and it became projected into the environment. It was like there was nothing kind of held internally. Um, it sort of burned through me in one expression of fire really quickly. And it wasn't as much about understanding or even really being able to hold that as it was those emotions being immediately translated into action, which can be one expression of fire energy. And what happened to me in 2013 without, you know, getting into the nitty gritty details of it, and I don't mean at all to imply that, you know, to have emotional intelligence or to learn how to handle emotions, you have to, um, you know, go through some massive traumatic encounter with yourself. But for me, it you know, it proved necessary as a spirit for me to to sort of uh, be guided toward my emotions in a different on a different plane through that experience. And, you know, basically, it was a period of time lasted acutely for about nine months to a year, where my entire apparatus that had been holding me up um, emotionally, psychologically, uh, fell completely apart. And there were a lot of factors that contributed to the catalyzation of that. Um, but the experience was one where it was um, the most intense period of my life in which I thought that I was going to leave the planet, that I wanted to end life. And 
I was blessed with, you know, a very, very attuned and, um, you know, an angel of a therapist at that time who was also a Jungian um, analyst and and an astrologer, someone who'd been schooled in astrology. And she and I kind of worked together to hold the container of me and keep me intact during that experience and keep me alive. And I think what I learned during that time that really changed how I related to emotions was that I started to experience them and let them live as kinds of physicalized currents. And what I mean by that is that I was just, my body was sort of racked by this flood of super, super intense feeling. And I was at the edge. I was sort of at the limit of basically about to blow out all my circuitry and choose to die. And I didn't somehow. And instead, what happened was that I started to let myself kind of get flooded by these really intense sensations and to learn through that experience that there was no feeling I could feel that was bigger than me, you know, that would wipe me out because I lived ultimately to tell the tale. And so I think now when I relate to emotions, and it's not to say that I don't have sticky bits and moments where, you know, I fly off the handle or when I feel like I can't contain something, but really letting my body almost get rocked by these currents, like almost letting them kind of possess me in a way and letting that be um, a slightly physicalized experience um, rather than a mental one or always about kind of understanding immediately to kind of take the shape of those sensations. And, you know, I'll, I'll stop there, but I think that's, that's really what the takeaway was from that time period and how things shifted this kind of almost possession by emotion, uh, almost where part of myself was was absenting itself from the room of that, from the need to kind of control or wield that. And also to know that it's just sort of an energetic current. It's almost like a, a form of fuel uh, almost in those moments. Wow, Bess. I am just like, as you were speaking, I was just sitting here with my eyes closed, letting those words flow over me that idea of emotions as a physicalized current resonated really deeply. Something that I hear a lot when I'm talking to other people, but also just kind of in the zeitgeist of talking about emotions, I think it's really easy to identify as our emotions rather than realizing, like you said, that emotions are part of the human experience. Emotions can give you data about yourself and how you're interacting with the world, but you're not your emotions. So that idea of allowing the emotions to run through you, knowing that's part of being human and also not fully identifying with them was really powerful. And I don't think I've heard someone phrase it in quite that same way. So, so thank you for that. I'm curious if you're willing to share what that looks like for you. If you, whether it is a really strong, positive emotion, you're feeling a lot of joy or a really strong, I don't even want to say negative. We could do a whole other episode about how people, especially women, especially marginalized folks, Um, can be vilified when they express their anger. I don't think anger is inherently a negative emotion, but when you're feeling a strong emotion that can be identified as negative in our society, like anger, or when you're feeling a strong, positive emotion, like joy, what does it look like for you to let that current run through you? 
without immediately turning it into action. Yeah. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Yeah. And sometimes it can be quite physicalized. It can look almost like modern dance. It can look like bending my actual physical body to meet that emotion. And, you know, I think there's an interesting intersection of that for me between like, I don't want to say the body never lies, but for me, my journey to kind of become physicalized or to be aware of my material body has been an interesting one. You know, I'm not like by nature, a super earthy person. I'm not sort of wired astrologically earthy. And I think for the fire current, a lot of that experience, at least through the astrological principles is about almost escaping the body, you know, saying the body is not going to be finite. It's not going to meet death. You know, we're going to be able to sort of like be larger than life and have our sort of self-significance felt, you know, through time. And so a lot of, I think what that looks like for me is, is just sort of attending to my physical form, you know, and maybe that's in a choosing, you know, a kind of fabric to wear in my body in a particular emotional moment that continues to support the curvature of that feeling, or it's actually taking a physical shape. You know, it's, it's sort of responding. It's sort of this call and response between the physical form, you know, and I think also that looks for me, obviously like leaning on the modalities of astrology and tarot as supportive archetypes in these moments to bring alive what already exists. You know, for me, both of these modalities are about tapping a less conscious part of ourselves to bring that kind of psychic conversation that's innate and subterranean up to the fore in a given moment. So pulling a card or, you know, tapping in with a certain astrological archetype can be a way to almost like bring more life. It's almost like not that we are seeking or I'm seeking to kind of like, you know, create a caricature out of my emotions in a certain moment, but sort of tapping in and then amplifying, like creating uh, almost like a, as if you were throwing that particular an emotion, a party and like, what would it want? What would it want for snacks? Like what archetypes would support that? What posture of the body would support that? And kind of making it almost this whole like immersive life world of the emotion. And that's not to say when we have, you know, more challenging emotions that maybe we're eager to, um, to move through in some way that we're courting those, you know, to kind of like a promiscuous level where we're like, you know, drowning in our sorrow or anything like that. But I think there really is something to that sense of really waiting through the immersive experience of an emotion and letting that live fully in our body. And I think, you know, the last thing I, I might say about that is, you know, at least through the 12 signs of the Zodiac. And these are really what I lean on as sort of the underpinnings of all of astrology. Because if you're a newbie to astrology, you might be like lost in this endless sea of like signs and planets and houses and how do, they, how do all these things intersect. And, you know, every, every planet and house is also connected to one of the sign archetypes. And for me, this is something like wondrous about astrology is almost this closed system of meaning because we can look at each of the flavors and each of the 12 signs are bringing forward a different emotional feeling tone, you know, and flavor. And to know that we have this whole rainbow available to us too, I think, you know, is really, can be really a balm in these moments. This happens in almost every one of these taking care with interviews. And I always like to highlight it when I created the take care assessment. And when we talk about the five dimensions of well-being, it was, so useful for me to be reminded that there are these different aspects of myself that I can get to know and to care for. 
And also I feel like the danger can be then, and this can be in any meaning making system, this can happen in astrology and tarot and it, it can be so easy to then slice yourself up and feel like these pieces aren't related. And so I love that at, even as we're having this conversation about emotions, the body is coming up so much things that we might traditionally think only can fall under the physical dimension, but really understanding our emotions can and often should be a physical experience as well. So I love just showing how these things connect and it's it's never really just one dimension that's at work as you're caring for yourself. Even as you start to focus in one, you see how it shows up in the physical or the energetic or any of the other dimensions. So I always like to call that out and it it's it makes me do a big smile when I, I have someone sharing them so freely during an interview. I think the last follow-up question that I have for you is so far we've really talked about an inward experience, how you can allow the emotions to flow through you, how you can, I loved this idea of throwing a party for that emotion and what would it need and what support would you need to call in as you're experiencing an emotion. I'm wondering if you have any insights or thoughts around what it looks like to express emotions with other people, whether that is a partner, whether that is you're navigating a business situation or a friendship. What does that look like to express emotions in that way? Yeah. Well, I think for me specifically, and we all have different wiring around this, you know, not to say that it's only along a binary or there's only two poles of this, but I think you know, in general, most of us are, are either a little bit more inclined to retain, you know, emotion to kind of sit within the swirl of our own inner landscape or to, you know, sort of project and invite that out. And for me, as somebody who historically has dumped or did, at least before this kind of turning point, dump almost everything, you know, outward with very little kind of internal processing, um, for me, a lot of the time now that looks like sort of like holding the, the bowl, kind of like the fishbowl of myself sort of relatively intact as I move through the world and giving things time. And, you know, the timing of it is always different, but I know generally that for me, at least when I'm in a really, really heightened state or a heightened wave of a saturated experience, I know that it's almost never the time to share that. Um, you know, because I sort of run hot in terms of maybe sharing or sometimes oversharing before things are fully kind of internally processed. And that's not to say like, oh, you've got to get everything perfect before you, you know, bring some emotion out into the world. And certainly there's things that we process in real time and we sort of bump up against the walls of other people and situations to do. Um, but I think for me, there's something about a kind of settling that happens, a kind of feeling like I'm resting back into the bones of myself. And it doesn't mean that the strong feeling still isn't there, but it just feels like I've kind of come into the skin of it. It's it's hard to, to quite describe, but it's almost like I've been slipped into a bodysuit of the emotion. It's not that there's this kind of wild, I'm still like working to try to even invite it in or, you know, bouncing wildly around the walls with it. There's some point where I start to kind of wear it 
or um, soften to it in some way. And then I know for me that that's a moment to maybe share something with somebody else or to bring that forward. I don't know if that makes sense. That made perfect sense and was so poetic (laughs) as you described it. I love how you mentioned the importance of knowing yourself and what your tendency is. And that makes sense to me, this idea of some of us, and again, this is more of a spectrum than a binary, but you can probably, those who are listening, think, okay, I have a tendency to hold all of my emotions in and then have a big blow up, or I have a tendency to just share all of my emotions and thoughts without as much filter And potentially some of those would have been better served if they were just internal reflections and not shared out loud. And so for you, Bess, it sounds like you found this way to know when is a good time to share, when you've done enough processing so that you can share in a way that's going to be life-giving and relationship building for both of the people or for all of the people involved and for other people listening you might be needing to explore a knowing of, okay, when is it time to share from the other perspective? When can I feel myself almost bursting? And how can I find ways to share before I get to that blow up moment, which looks different for everyone. But it was really fascinating to hear what that exploration looks like for you personally. Man, this was I could just ask you a million more questions, but we do try to keep these episodes relatively short. So on that note, if people want to hear more of your brilliance, I love how you, man, there was some word that you said where I was like, this is clearly a woman who was in academia, but also (laughs) you have these, um, beautiful metaphors and ways of saying things so poetically. So if people want more of that, if people want to learn from you and really have opportunities to be more connected to themselves through some of the things that they share, how, where can they find you? How can they continue being in relationship with you? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love for them to continue to be in relationship to me. And I promise uh, I promise, I will process my emotions before I bring them <laughs> into the realm of others. Um, but finding me is pretty easy. Um, I have a website that's just my name, uh, same on Instagram. And I have a monthly astrology podcast with another uh, amazing, well, actually astrology tarot and self-hypnosis with an amazing astrologer named Sandy Citron. And each of those kind of monthly podcast episodes are intended to lead a a listener through the kind of big themes of the month, but in a very non-time specific way that's not all about like, oh my God, what transits happening astrologically? What am I supposed to do with my life? And it's more about inviting in the kind of feeling tone of each of these 12 sign principles and the different emotional realms that they inhabit. And then, yeah, you can find, I don't do so much um, digital magazine content anymore. I used to be a big horoscope writer and all of that realm. I've kind of shifted over to books. And so um, the book that's just coming out is my fourth. And then I continue to uh, offer one-on-one sessions, both um, astrology and tarot readings, and then also mentorship if anyone wants to reach out to uh, to just to sort of customize a, a learning experience and c- curriculum around these modalities. Lovely. Well, Bess, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for your willingness to share so much of your experience, even some some parts of your experience that were 
difficult. I'm sure people listening to this are going to learn so much and I hope that it will help them as they are continuing on their own emotional journey. So thank you, Bess. And thank you for those of you who are listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Take care.